0: At a young age, I was actually quite thin, quite skinny. First of all, I just wanted to just start training and you know, get the biceps and you know. Um, so my dad would just show me the basics: this is how you squat, this is how you bench, this is how you deadlift. It sort of just come naturally to me. Um, and I think I'd I think within a couple of weeks, I think I pulled up like 130-140 kilo. Uh, on the deadlift and like I said my body weight was only like 58-59kg yeah. I thought it was actually, you know what actually I might be alright on this and uh, he goes "He goes, why don't you have a look at competitions because you know and I was like what is that a thing I so then we decided to enter a competition okay. rather than at the age of you know 17-18 going down to the park and having a drink or whatever um, with friends I was training and then uh, and then I went to the Worlds and then I won the Worlds oh. are you sure you're okay Mr. Chima and then that's when I turned around and I said, no, I'm not actually. And then I got a bit teary eyed and I said to him, look, I don't know what the fuck's going on with me doc, to be honest, i was totally honest with him. My mental health was actually starting to affect me, but I didn't realise that. I didn't realise that. And me feeling like that was the start of things to come, basically. The things it would just be sort of building up, building up, building up, and I could feel this build up and then I'd just explode. When I would break down, um, as in emotionally, at home sometimes, but I wouldn't know what it was. In everybody else's eyes, he's a big, strong power lifter. Um, They're gonna think I'm weak, or they're gonna think I'm not good enough, or they're gonna go and gossip to somebody else. Because of that ego, people are suffering, especially blokes are suffering in silence. Yeah, hence the reason why I decided to come out and talk about it, because (laughs) to be honest, it wasn't easy. My guest today
1: is a two-time world powerlifting champion. He is also a podcast host and a mental health advocate. Welcome, Bali Chima. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, thanks, bro. How are you doing? You okay? I'm good, I'm good. We're getting back to normality soon. The gyms are opening soon,
0: so uh, it should be back to normal. (laughs) I know. At the moment, I've uh, hijacked the conservatory, which is actually my daughter's playroom. So she's been asking me on a day-to-day basis, Daddy, when am I going to get my room back again? um so i don't know whether you can probably see this behind me but that's me just covering up all her toys that i've got in here so uh so i'm hoping that the gym area is cleared so she everything could go in here and then i can have this back as my chill out room again <laughs> yeah definitely
1: definitely like i've done the same with my conservatory i haven't got too much equipment like but i got a, a kettlebell just before um the the lockdown happened and uh, I quite like it. I wasn't really into kettlebells beforehand, but they're quite versatile, so it, yeah, yeah, it gives you a good workout. But yeah. um, what I like to do at the beginning of each podcast, as as you know, is is just take a, a sort of trip down memory lane. Tell me a bit about your cultural background, a bit of uh, a bit about your childhood, and uh, a bit of context of of who you are. Yeah,
0: so uh, I grew up in a uh, Sikh family, so I'm a Sikh myself. Um, uh born and bred in Leamington Spa still live in Leamington Spa um and yeah so when I first at a young age I was actually quite thin quite skinny uh really lightweight skinny gangly um I was actually fairly tall for my age but I think lifting sort of stumped my growth (laughs) so so um but yeah so I had a normal childhood I enjoyed going to school went to high school uh, and then from high school I went to um, sixth form and then after that I started working I didn't go to uni or anything like that I didn't well uni wasn't really for me I didn't think um, and I, I started working and 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 that's about it really yeah there, there is um,
1: a lot of up and in Leamington spot isn't there like I, I hear loads. a lot of yeah loads is it, is it a, like a hot spot
0: yeah loads loads um, I think our Goddard is quite popular as well, which has been built newly as well. Um, but yeah, there's there's a load of operating in, in Leamington. A load of so opera. when
1: you were when you were growing up, did you feel like uh, it, it was probably a bit easier because you were surrounded by like like-minded and like-minded? Yeah. Likely?
0: Yes, and no. I think. Um, the upper was sort of the upper is sort of spread out across Leamington, but Leamington's not a big place, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so like going to school, everyone sort of knows everyone in Leamington. Um, I think it's quite similar to like places like I, th- I think Southall, Slough and things like that. I think that's quite similar where they've got quite a big Sikh community and everyone sort of knows everyone. Well, I think every upper is connected in some kind of way. I'm sure me and you are related in some kind of way down the road <laughs> as well. So uh, so but yeah so no it was good um uh, leamington's a good vibe i've always lived here uh i've, I've enjoyed living in Lemington. um but yeah I've got, majority of my friends are pretty much spread out across the country to be honest um throughout this podcast i've spoken to quite a lot of fitness people and it does seem like
1: that uh, and you've already mentioned it it does seem that most people go down the fitness route for for two reasons they're either on the larger side of life like i was <laughs> and uh, try to shed a few pounds and then get addicted to the sort of the weightlifting side of things and then sort of sticking it that way or like you just mentioned on the on the skinnier side of life and and sort of want to gain mass is that uh, i imagine that is probably why you joined the
0: yeah team. yeah that's correct so my dad actually is a powerlifter my dad coaches me um and he still coaches me till this day so um he was like a heavyweight power lifter, so he was like this big unit he still is a big unit to be (laughs) honest Um, but like I was aspiring to sort of be like him like I was really really skinny I was probably about 58 59 kilo and I'm talking about him being about 110 odd kilo pretty much pure muscle so like looking up to him when I was about 14 15 I was thinking to myself shit you know what I'd love to be like that and I used to watch like him training and stuff like that and I'd just be in awe of it all um the gym we train at is called the nelson gym um and i still train there now it's like a it's like an old school rocky kind of gym uh it's like a spit sword kind of gym um, but there's no you don't get no egos in there everyone sort of just helps each other out as a committee run gym so it's not packed out all the time um, but the people that are there everyone sort of just supports each other uh, and my dad's been there for for many many years and um so i sort of transitioned into that um i grew up watching the rocky movies and so on and so forth so i had like various different ambitions from time to time where i was thinking you know what i'd love to do boxing and i did it for a bit but i just thought to myself do you know what i ain't got the fucking stamina for this this ain't, this ain't <laughs> right especially on a fucking diety diet um so um so yeah so then i started looking towards like powerlifting and just First of all, I just wanted to just start training and, you know, get the biceps and, you know, impress. Kills for the gills. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: I think that's what most people go in for is just to start looking a bit more aesthetically pleasing, especially yeah. when they get to that age of of uh, wanting to attract the opposite sex. I'm trying to be as, oh. as politically correct as <laughs> I can <yet. laughs> But it is, it is what happens. And, and and then you sort of get addicted to the side of actually... I think it's when you see your progress do you know what I mean, when you start getting comments and you see your own progress of, of wow, you've, you've changed a bit and then, and you can feel it a, a bit. As long as you stick it out within the first couple of months of of seeing that progress and afterwards you just start flying and, and, and getting like addicted to it.
0: And that's it, it's just consistency. I think what people do is the biggest mistake most people do, especially beginners. Um, I've seen it day in, day out where they'll come into the gym and all they'll think of is how much weight can I start lifting? And like literally they'll do one session and then all of a sudden just start putting on like 10 kilos and, and, and and just go mad on it. But you're like, what the hell are you doing? You need your body to sort of develop and understand that you're doing something, you're lifting weights, you need those tendons to sort of strengthen. And, Mm -hmm. but people just go crazy at it. They get an injury after about five, six weeks, and then they don't go back to the gym again. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, so anyone that, that starts training, you know, everyone was a beginner at one point so you know just just focus on being a beginner and not worrying about anything else as in trying to get big so quickly or trying to lift so many weights so quickly
1: 100 and i think um like yourself i was quite fortunate when i went into the gym that one of my mates was already like years into it uh, and sort of had and and tested and trialled a few things and was on the way to becoming a a personal trainer and getting his qualification so for me when I got in I, I sort of just absorbed a lot of his sort of information that he'd learned Uh, and like self-educating that he'd done over the years and and obviously for yourself you would have had your dad probably guiding you as well and uh, i I talk about it a lot as that it is it is sometimes quite a daunting experience if you go in sort of unaware of what to do like as you said you can you can create a lot of injuries and then you, you sort of get i guess mentally scarred from going back there yeah hundred percent um what what was the sort of switch from you so obviously you mentioned there like you went f- purely for like aesthetics at the beginning and, and trying to get like your big arms and things what yeah was the sort of switch from when you realized uh so,
0: powerlifting was a thing so when i when i started out i i started training with my dad and I, and I and i joined the Nelson gym i was uh i think i was 14 15 i think i just just turned 15 yeah just turned 15 um so my dad was just showing me the basics this is how you squat this is how you bench this is how you deadlift um but the deadlift with the deadlift it's sort of just come naturally to me um and I think I would I think within a couple of weeks I think I pulled up like 130 140 kilo uh on the deadlift and like I said my body weight was only like 58 59 kilo yeah um and I was and I was 15 years old so I thought to was like Do you know what? actually I might be all right on this Um, and then slowly slowly but again because uh, because I had my dad's guidance it was a case of he I sort of just fell into it where like when we were squatting and then slowly adding a five kilo plate and then adding a two and a half kilo plate but very steadily and I was going through the weights very steadily and uh, I was growing 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 as in lifting wise I was getting stronger 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 um and then um there's a there's a chap in our gym uh an older chap he's been doing it for absolutely years Dennis and uh he goes he goes why don't you have to look at competitions because you know and I was like what is that a thing I didn't realize that was a thing you know I was in like young lads I've seen like older men lifting but not not like like kids effectively um so we had a look into it and he goes look there's this federation and this was well there was internet about but not as freely as as it is now. Um, yeah, dialogue dialogue magazine, yeah, good old Dialogue up you know when, <laughs> uh, when 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 your mom's kicking off downstairs, saying, "Why the hell are you on the phone? I'm trying to make a phone call." Um, so um, so he gave like these magazines, and like it, there was like some totals in there of what people are lifting. Um, my sort of eight, and I said, thinking, you know what? I'm actually fucking, I'm actually smashing that. I think I'm doing right on that." So then we decided to enter a competition. Um, so I entered a competition. And I come second and I qualified for the British in, I can't remember what year it was, but like I said, I was, I was 15 going on 16. So, so, yeah, a few years ago. Um, yeah, so I entered that and I done and well and I really enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the whole vibe and, and the way people were. The, the good thing with powerlifting is is even if it's, it's, it's a strange environment, even if you're, whoever you're competing against, everyone sort of still pushes each other like everyone's got that competitive streak. don't get me wrong I've got that competitive streak in me big time you know where I want to win but like it's a weird kind of thing how people sort of still support each other when they're lifting against each other so I sort of enjoyed that kind of community as well I thought this is really good um and that was it I got the bug from there to be honest
1: yeah I think it's 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 that thing of like mutual respect because they know what you're going through do you know what i mean it's like you know when you see boxers who trash talk each other throughout the entire yeah. camp and then they shake hands at the end of it because they know through the camp that you've went through the work that they've went through So it's that sort of mutual respect i imagine and that's yeah. the most important thing with like a, a lot of sports when when like you're, you're young because it, it does teach you like the discipline obviously to to do the thing that you do in competing in whatever sport it is but it also is that like um respect because you know that the other person's going through do the same thing as you um as you say you got second there
0: and then you did you go on to the british and and you you won Yeah the so yeah so I went, I went on to the british uh and I won the british um but I wasn't actually planning I was quite close to not actually competing for the british because my granddad actually passed away um oh literally i'm talking about a week week and a half before the competition oh wow so i wasn't actually planning on lifting i go to dad, I go to dad i'm not going to do it i'm not in the right mindset i uh, i don't want to do it i'm very close to my granddad and um so my dad goes to me goes look your your granddad my granddad always said that i was going to become world champion god knows where he saw it from because like i said i was a skinny little kid but he said to my dad he's going to become world champion one day dad was like "Mm, yeah whatever mate Um, (laughs) but um but yeah my dad was like look he goes i know you're not right in the head as in you know you're emotionally not there but he would have wanted you to lift um so then i decided uh it was a few days before his funeral actually i ended up lifting i think the f- from my memory what i can remember i lifted on the saturday and the following thursday was actually his funeral um so i lifted and actually won the british and yeah amazing feeling but it was mixed emotions because of everything that mm. had gone on and they gave me like a, a special special pen um which was saying like you're you know you're british champion this that the other as well as the the trophy and stuff and uh i remember on the funeral actually popped that into his pocket uh and that was that was quite emotional for me do you think that um like
1: you you sort of had i know it's a a weird thing to say but do you think you had like extra motivation from that as well as in like you, you wanted to sort of dedicate it to him
0: yeah, I think so. I think it was a case of, um, and, and and that wouldn't be the first time where I'd use him as motivation um, to go out uh, uh, and do something on the powerlifting stage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely was 100%.
1: It is weird, like, obviously, like, it, it, it's a negative, but I think you sort of turned it into a positive, which is The best thing that you can do, dude, I mean, at the time, uh, I think um, your dad probably had it uh, right as in, like, you you might have regretted it if if you didn't do it. So
0: it's a good thing that, like, obviously, you did it and and you won. Well, that potentially could have, well, potentially could have stopped everything. As in, I might not have, you know, I had the one competition, I could have left it at that and just, you know, gone in a completely different direction. So because of that, I think that's what I've progressed and, and, and gone on to do further.
1: So this was the British youth championships, or was this a, a so this
0: was the British under 16s, yeah, under 16s. Uh so powerlifting.
1: As as um as an under-16-year-old, how does that sort of do for your ego and, and confidence? Fuck yeah, Now,
0: Um well, the um the local papers, I was in the local papers and, and so on and so forth, and then the school that I was in they were sort of bigging me up and fucking you know, hell I was just like you know what I'm the man yeah. <laughs> um but it was it was good because um because I got all that exposure uh, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that exposure but then it sort of gave me that sort of drive to think I want to I want to do more now I want to do more uh and rather than at the age of you know 17 18 going down to the park and having a drink or whatever um with friends I was training Mm-hmm. uh so it kept me sort of away from that kind of thing yeah. so that's why I think any kind of support uh especially if you start at a young age is really really good for you um with your you know especially with your your late teenage years when peer pressure can amount to you know you end up doing some some stupid stuff don't get me wrong I've done some silly stuff um but it sort of it did help me quite a bit to be honest to uh to move away from that and, and and have a goal and have have a focus. I don't know
1: if it's too late to say this, but I, I had a joke in my head and, and I, I want to I get it out. I was going to say instead of Billy, Billy Big Bollocks, it has to be
0: Bali Big Bollocks now. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, might, I might start using that name. I actually quite like that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 100%, like I think... Um, uh, and- it had its flaws. It had its flaws. So, um, like we would go out were about 17 or whatever go out to the pubs and stuff as as you would do I would, Oh, people I'd knew that you're the most stupid anyway yeah yeah i went to the, i went to the door once and this place was notorious i can talk about it now because it's closed down it was it's a place in leamington called ocean bar um like i said i could talk about it now because it's closed down now but this place was notorious for you knew that everyone from your sixth form or your high school was in there right on a saturday night it was just the place that everyone would be, and they'd let everyone in. One of the days, I walked up to the walked up there, and he goes, the, the bouncer turned around, and he goes, oh, "How you doing, mate? You all right?" He was like, "Yeah, good, good, thank you, good, thank you." He goes, "Oh, I saw you in the paper the other day." Uh, he goes, "Oh, well done on your lifting." I was like, "Yeah, cheers, mate, cheers, mate." Ego was, you know, yeah. Even the <laughs> bouncers know. Then he turns around, and he goes, "Yeah," he goes, uh, "I saw you lifted in the under 18s He goes, "Not tonight, mate." I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else was in there, and I was just like, "You fucking joking?" But yeah, uh,
1: it's not fun. It's not fun. Like that's probably the only time that it's been a bad thing. I assume, though. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So obviously, like we were saying about confidence, from from like the skinny side of things to the you, you probably put on a bit of muscle mass now. You're you known, um, and that can that sort of confidence obviously can go out of control is one one way of putting it and obviously we're joking about bally big bollocks and all that but sometimes it is actually like a a really important thing because during them teenage years it is like where most people like not just young boys young girls everyone I think goes through them years of of insecurity um not just the discipline that we mentioned as a benefit from the gym but do you think that side of things is also like a a good thing for for mental health which obviously we're going to come on to in a bit as well.
0: 110 percent it, it's it's the like you said the discipline thing i think it's 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 very very important and it kept me actually quite grounded even though i did have that ego thinking yeah do you know what i'm in the papers and blah 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 it's not in my nature to sort of walk around as in giving it 10 and saying mm-hmm. look i'm a powerlifter and i do this and i do that that's never been in that in my nature and and even I was getting a lot of respect from older people, so people in their 20s, 25s, 30s, sort of saying, oh, well done this at the end. And I was very humble about it. And I I said, look, I really appreciate it. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Rather than, you know, I could have gone the other way and turned around and said, well, yeah, I am this and I am that. Um, But I think that's because the way that I've been brought up my upbringing, um, keeping humble and um, the discipline side of things and understanding the actual work that I actually put in, to actually uh, compete
1: and uh, do what I was doing. 100%, I think it is, uh, is obviously like uh, everyone's uh, family will play a part in this as well, but the religion as a whole, like the culture as a whole is it's very much part of like Sikh values. Um, 100%. actually uh, on that topic, do you think, do you think your your like um, cultural background and genetics has played a part in your strength as well? Cause you, you, you hear in England about farmer strength. And yeah. I think obviously well, I guess Punjabis were the epitome of that really so do you think like when you're deadlifting and your numbers are shooting up do you think that plays a part as well
0: yeah 100 100 i think culturally as well as spiritually as well so spiritually uh when i'm going for a big lift i always say I, I, i've always got something in my head um thinking about god before i do a, do a lift um and that plays a big part in 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 my lifting as well and that and you know uh, with our background of of being warriors and and, and sikhs being you know in in, in sikki and stuff um that plays a massive part in it yeah, definitely a humongous part in it
1: yeah it's interesting because i'm seeing like now obviously like there's, i think maybe with social media it's like you, you, the there's more up and getting into various amount of sports mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think obviously it's highlighted a bit more on social media and and it's it's gonna be interesting to see how like we match up against people from other backgrounds and things because because everyone's genetic makeup's different. and I don't know if like growing up stereotypically, Asians as a whole have been like um called maybe genetically weaker. I don't I, I don't know if that's the right term to use, but we've seen we've been seen as like quite small compared mm-hmm. to, like say, uh, your, your black athletes or even your white athletes or something. So it'll be interesting to see going forward because I, I think obviously as we were saying, there's the strength there. There's 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 quite a few powerlifters and I've I've had a couple on the podcast now, um, in the Singh as well, and and there's a boy in in Holland called Jiggerad Singh and he's he's um, Dutch junior uh, champ over there. Um, so we we definitely have like the genetic capability, but it'll be interesting to see how many different fields we can get into at a high level.
0: Um, exactly i think well like you've got we've got it's Tao singh that's going to be coming out with with um amir khan with with amir khan that's big news that's big news as well um so do you know what the more in we can get in sport the better it is um and even from a physical and a mental side of things it's it's amazing it's amazing
1: yeah i think that's that's the amazing thing about it like i'm I'm big into boxing so i've had um i've had a couple of boxes on inderbasi is is a yeah pro boxer with mtk as well and i've had him on and i think it's with our background it is very much the um deterring from sports side of things as as a majority obviously there are uh ex- exemptions to that um as a stereotype but it is mainly like right let's not get into sports because it's not lucrative let's mm. stay into school stay in academia get your degree get your job and 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 things like that and um hopefully now uh again with social media when you see other people doing what you want to do it becomes that bit more achievable um and and i've said that throughout like all the all the podcast episodes because i think it is very true when you see somebody like yourself uh powerlifting and and speaking out about the topics that you do um it, it becomes a bit more like it it breaks that stigma essentially
0: yeah, no, that's 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 the whole goal of it. Um completely off topic. Well, actually not that off topic now. Now you've told me you're a big boxing fan. I'm a massive fucking boxing fan, yeah. an humongous boxing fan. Joshua so, Fury, Joshua <laughs> Fury, go on, go on. <laughs> um I have asked this to quite a few people
1: now, and, and uh so I will say Ender said Fury, uh, uh, uh amateur boxer from Wolverhampton called Gully said uh Joshua. Um and I am leaning towards the side of Joshua. Um, at the moment, I, I want him to win. I should say I want him to win. If it was before the Pula fight, if this fight happened last year before the Pula fight, I would 100% say Tyson Fury. However, by the time the fight happens, the uh, Tyson will be out of the ring for around 15 months, 15, 16. Don't no, make a difference to Tyson. He's you the can king. Say that. He's you can say king. that, but. <laughs> Even before Wilder, he had like two or three tune-up fights. Do you know what I mean? He, he did not have that three years out, but he was very very active before the Wilder fights. Um, and and this year to fifteen months out, I think it, it might might play a role. He said it himself when it when he came to when it came to Billy Joe fighting Colello. he said um he shouldn't take that fight because he's been inactive too long. Meanwhile, he's going to go fight Joshua, and I feel like Joshua now has displayed quite a well-roundedness to his game. He's done the boxing against Ruiz and Parker in the past. He's done the knockouts versus, obviously, Pulev now. He's got that mojo sort of back. So I think it's a lot closer. If I was a betting man...
0: You know you're going to put your money on Fury. You know. If you had to bet your house on it, it would be Fury. (laughs) <laughs> come on you know what it is this is the thing this is where I
1: stumble because I really want Joshua to win I followed his career way more closely than I did Fury's I only saw of knew Fury until, um, until like the Chisora fight so, uh, sort of deep into his career where I've watched AJ since his pro debut so there is that like slight bias there but if I was a betting man it's very very close but I'd I'd probably bet on Fury but I would want Joshua to win I, I, can't, I can't lie I can't lie but I do think I think it's a two fight um, deal that they've got I do feel like if Joshua loses the first one which I still think he has a very good chance of winning I feel like he has a very like it, it makes it more likely to win the second one in my opinion because he's seen from the Ruiz loss that he can rectify his mistakes and then go on to beat him whereas I feel like if it's the other way around and Joshua wins we haven't seen Fury lose yet and it mm. could be a wilder situation where he just goes off the rails has the most amount of excuses and we don't know what that loss is going to af- affect him um as it could make him a, a completely different beast but it could also break him at the same time so we don't know that but as you've already mentioned your fury yeah so,
0: give me uh, your so okay so, so just to clarify so i followed joshua's um career from the very start as well so i like joshua as well i do like both of them i like mm-hmm. both of them but um since uh Fury came out and started speaking about his mental health and so on and so forth I just I just thought to myself do you know what this guy is just comes across so real um and I do feel that Joshua has been sort of I don't think that's that's really him I think he's sort of been it's the promotional machine behind him mm-hmm. with Eddie Hearn matchroom and stuff like that that sort of made him sort of be the likeable kind of guy i don't think that's actually really him um with fury i think he's quite raw and i think he's quite straight up um and i got to see uh the fury wilder fight live in la um so oh, i actually wow. flew out to it and uh for one of my best mates um the first one of the days yeah first one in la oh wow first one in la so that was an amazing experience and then what, since what the, was that just... what was it like when he got dropped in the 12th what, what was oh your... my god so um, so we had really good seats and, and and to be honest, we actually got a really good deal. Um, I think it only cost us about 500 pound each, you know, that was including good fight tickets, accommodation. We went out for like four nights, just me and my mate. And, um, a lot of people, nobody knew who Wilder was. You know, this whole thing about people don't know who Wilder is. Mm-hmm. So when we got to, um, got to the States, got to LA, got to the airport, the guys, the, the, obviously their question every dissy that's come from anywhere <laughs> there um especially when there's just two of you so um the guy turned around and he goes oh so so how come you're here and he goes well we're like we're here for the fight and he's like well who's fighting and we're like Deontay Wilder and he was like I was like against Tyson Fury he was like yeah man we know Tyson Fury and I was <laughs> like what the hell is going on here it's crazy so uh um, so the Even a lot of the support, even a lot of the Americans there were sporting the Gypsy King. They were just the Gypsy King all the way. And we had a few uh, Wilder fans near us. Anyway, throughout the whole fight, they were just quiet. Just quiet. Didn't say nothing, right? And we were all cheering, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he gets dropped in the 12th round, you should have seen him. You knew who the Wilder fans were because they just went up and they were just like over the moon, just like jumping up and down going nuts. And we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> but then when he got up, you just think, fucking hell. It, it was weird. It was like an Undertaker moment. Like It was a pure Undertaker moment. But watching, witnessing it live, I was just like, I thought, because it felt like we heard the punch. It was like, oh, my God, it was brutal. And I thought, he's dead. He's gone. There's yeah. no fucking way he's getting up from that. And then he just got up. And then he won the rest of the round. I just, Fuck. this guy's incredible, absolutely incredible. I was, I was de- but when they when they took ages with the scorecards, I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. Um, it shouldn't have been a draw. He won the nah, first. Fight. He, won the first fight. he won the first fight. He won the first fight. But, but yeah. So uh, yeah, that was an amazing experience. Amazing experience. And,
1: and I think that sort of plays a role in in the fight coming up as well. Like he does have that sort of like majestic aura around him now as well do you yeah. know what i mean of like getting up in that fight so it, should, it will be interesting to see i think it, the announcement should by the time this podcast goes up the announcement should have already happened and as i say, it's a two hope. hopefully yeah yeah it's meant to be like finalized this week we're recording yeah. so hopefully but um yeah it, i think boxing is like maybe not in america but definitely over here it's it's, it's definitely booming and and uh, I like that you, were, as 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 uh, you said at the beginning, like Rocky movies. When when I was growing up, I was watching Creed last night again, and uh, it's just like, um, uh, yeah, that's like that's what my upbringing was like—Ali and Tyson on on cassette tapes uh, and the VCR and, and oh, yeah. Um, yeah. that that full banter. So yeah, we'll, we'll not we'll not talk too much about that. We'll get back on we'll get back on powerlifting. Oh, track. back on track. Sorry, sorry. Go on, go.
0: On. Um, so after the British. was there more British and then you go on to the world how did that work Um, so actually we started looking at federations and uh, seeing where we could sort of go further Uh, so after the British the federation that I was actually with there wasn't there wasn't like a direct path you couldn't see which way you can go you know you do get invited sometimes you don't get invited to the next stage and there wasn't a clear path and then we come across um the federation that i live for now which is the british drug-free powerlifting association mm-hmm. so um, we come across that and the way that the that federation was working at the time and still works really well now is um it's a clear path you know what you need to do so you know what you need to do to qualify and then the next stage is the british if you're in the top three and you you make your qualifying total you then get uh, invited to the europeans and then to the worlds um So, yeah, so I joined the BDFPA and then did my first competition there. First competition went really, really well, absolutely smashed it. Um, And actually, because I'd only been a member for, I think, a month or so with the Federation, um, it was unofficial, but I unofficially broke the world records in, in, um, in the total, in the deadlift and in the bench press. And I think in the squad, I think it was all over. And I broke loads of, but I've never actually spoken about much because I've thought it's unofficial um, because it was unofficial because I had to be a member for at least three months, but I've done really, really well. Uh, then I got invited to the British there um, with that federation. I come second in that. And I had to, had my arch rival there, um, who actually turned out to be a good friend of mine afterwards. That um, <laughs> that, was that, And then after that, it was the Europeans. Again, the Europeans, I come second again. Um, it was just like, it was just so frustrating because the, at the British, I was squatting, I think it was my second squat. I think it's 100, my body weight was about 65 kilo then. And um, I was squatting on my second lift. As I as I went to go and squat up, my foot slipped. Oh, and no. basically the squat, just it just come off. And luckily the guy was behind me because I would have done some serious damage. Mm-hmm. So that was classed as a no lift. Um, and then we went into the deadlift, and this guy was really strong on his deadlift, but I was really I was right neck and neck, and where I said uh mentioned earlier, where I used my granddad as motivation. Um, I pulled up 175 in the gym, deadlift, and I knew I had to pull up a 187 and a half, and I'll be like either I'll win it or it'll be very close. So it's quite a big jump. Yeah, but I just geared myself up, I was so fired up fired up to go and lift it, it just flew. The lift just went up. Before you knew it, they said, good lift. And I was like... <laughs> um, so yeah, that flew. And then at that point, we um, we actually come... I came second, but the total that we both done was exactly the same, but his body weight was slightly less. So Bro. he won it overall. Um, and then I was just like, oh, fuck's sake. So that was the British. And then the Europeans winning right the way through Got to the deadlift. Went to go and pull up the deadlift, the final deadlift. As long as i had done this, that's it. It's secured. No matter what, because because I, I was so head on the squat and the bench press slipped out of my hand. Eddie Hallstar slipped out of my hand. And I was just like, and so I was just devastated. And and the guy come up to me afterwards, and he turned around, and he goes, you know what? He goes, you deserve that. He goes, you you he goes, you deserve that. He goes, that was just out of order what had happened. Uh, but we became good friends and we started, you know, we, we, we actually had a drink together afterwards. We had, we had a good drink up actually afterwards. And uh, then we got our, our medals and stuff in the Europeans. And then, uh, and then I went to the Worlds and then I won the Worlds. And I was like, yes, finally, <laughs> finally, I don't have to come second. Um, at least so you I won, won one where it matters do you know what I mean? like
1: that, that the world sounds a lot yeah. more impressive than european and british yeah exactly yeah. but exactly. As, as long
0: as you won on the, and then you won that twice as well right yeah so i won that twice in two different weight categories so at that time my body weight category was 67 and a half body weight so uh, below 67 and a half and then the second time around i was uh just under 75 kilo right so i won that twice yeah
1: um and just before we get into like your, your injury, um, are, are you still planning to compete now in the future, or are you still training? Or, or are yeah,
0: you- yeah, okay. yeah. So still training. Um, planning on competing. I actually competed first time after seven years. Um, back in two thousand nineteen, actually. Um, so after the injury, I made a comeback and I lifted in the deadlift and I pulled up a two hundred and fifty kilo deadlift and uh, set a new West Midlands record in the federation as well. And I actually qualified for the British, but COVID hit. So, yeah. uh, so the British was actually meant to be in 2020 in March, at the end of March. But clearly,
1: yeah, yeah I couldn't do that. So, are you? Are you? Um, because your injury was a as a peck tear, wasn't it? So, are you not? Comp- yeah. uh, are you not doing like a uh, benching and things anymore? Or are you just so? It
0: in- yeah so so the plan was was this time round was I was going to be a bit safe and I thought Do you know what where there isn't as much strain on there I'm going to just compete just in the deadlift um, but now to be honest I think I'm I'm fully healed up I'm feeling quite strong to be honest I'm back at lifting what I would was lifting on the bench and stuff so I don't know maybe towards the end of this year um depending on how training goes and so on and so forth and we don't have no more lockdowns
1: mm-hmm.
0: um I might lift in the fall power on my I might compete in the full power. And that'll be a big accomplishment for me because that's what I really want to get to, to be honest.
1: Yeah, to get back from the injury that you had, obviously with the pector, I imagine you had to do like as we mentioned right at the beginning, a lot of tendon strengthening, strengthening exercises for that.
0: Yeah. So it's it, it's all good me giving the advice that you know people shouldn't rush into it. But I <laughs> I honestly I did. I rushed into it. Um so I um I, I took a I took quite a bit of time out. I took about three, about two three years out from powerlifting, as in competitively. I was still doing it, but not like competitively and 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 going crazy lifting heavy weights. Um, but I just thought to myself, actually, do you know what? There's a competition coming up. I can make it. I can make that total. And my body weren't ready for it, and that's what happened. I I got injured. It does
1: happen, like uh um, a. a- uh, for, for myself so i i was like obviously getting into lifting and all that and uh, as you do like 16 17 gotten into the gym because i was a I was a small little fatty um, and then started getting into the gym getting my, my lifts up and all and, and starting to get into good physique and then around like 21 um i had a few operations that took me out of the gym for like 18 months to two years um got back in and egotistically I was thinking, oh, I could probably lift the same that I used to lift, and then boom, you're out of the gym for an extra month because you've done some some like damage that you sh- it was just unnecessary, uh, and it happened uh, quite a few times. It took me like three or four times to learn my
0: lesson properly. Of like, right, you're not as strong as you used to be. Calm down, yeah, you takes take, Yeah, it takes time to get back into it, but um, but yeah, so so with my injury, it was a case of um, I was. I was suffering with my mental health previous to that but I I didn't realize I was actually was um, Mm -hmm. before I got back into it and and the reason that I tried to get back into powerlifting was because I thought if I get back into powerlifting I've got a motive and I've got a focus and I'm going to be feeling okay if I start powerlifting again so I just rushed into it basically. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing with when when you're suffering with mental health is is you sort of find excuses to think to yourself um, why you're feeling down or why you're feeling upset. And I was blaming everything. It was either, oh, I, we had a wedding on the weekend. I drank too much. It's the alcohol that's making me feel like this. Oh, um, I'm not training properly. So I need to start training. So then I started boxing and i started doing boxing training okay yeah now i'm feeling a bit better again but a few months down the line getting that feeling back again, feeling a bit shit, feeling a bit down then i thought to myself okay you're just sort of jumping from you're you're looking for excuses basically to distracting yourself distract yourself and and you're just fighting a battle where you think you're getting over it and but clearly i needed some kind of help and i needed to speak to someone and, and get some guidance on it on, on what was going on but i didn't know that and then i went into powerlifting and then i was like i've done this post i've told everyone i'm making my comeback and so you know i have to go out and smash it i put more pressure on myself which is adding to all the shit that's going on in my head and then i get injured and then i put a post up saying actually i've got injured and blah 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 then I realize how severe my injury is, and that it needs to be operated on, and I'm going to be out for a fairly long time. So, I think the thing with mental health is, is I couldn't put my finger on what was going on, uh, and that's the worrying thing because if it is a, something physical, you can physically see it or you can physically feel it. With mental health, you don't know. You don't know that so you don't know what you're going through or why why you're going through like this and you just make excuses. Yeah um, I think like
1: when I was listening to your story it seems like that the the injury from an outside perspective you can sort of understand why that would sort of have the impact that it did but like as you said that like you, you had experiences beforehand where you sort of couldn't Put your finger on it like so for for anybody who's listening just to to, to give a bit of context um uh so bali had uh, the pec injury that we've already talked about and then wasn't able to to lift he could very much not do like daily activities because it was that so like with, with um with with one of his arms and then as as many people if if you are not allowed to do your, your passion your outlet for a long period of time it would have it uh, have its effect however beforehand uh, I think upon, maybe upon reflection not trying to put word in you, words in your mouth but upon reflection going back you realised that you had um, other mental health experiences that you didn't know were mental health experiences at the time is that fair to say? Yeah that's fair to say. Um, could you explain what they were and then how it sort of ramped up during the, the injury?
0: Yeah it was a case of um, so I got married and after getting married I thought to myself do you know what I'm gonna take a few years off because with powerlifting it's one of those things, you usually have uh, potentially three to four competitions a year. Um, and if you're thinking about an eight to 10 week build up to the competition where you're training, it's quite a bit. And it takes it out of you, it takes its toll.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and mentally, it takes its toll as well, because you're focusing, you're, you know, it's tunnel vision. You're you're just focusing on that competition. You need to get those lifts in week in, week out. You're thinking, I need to increase by this much. I need to do an extra rep here. And mentally it's draining as well as clearly because you're lifting so so heavy it's physically draining as well on the body so i was doing that for 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 many many years and then i decided in in 2014 when i got married i'm going to take a break from this and i I actually lifted the last time i lifted um, was 2013 and uh so i got married in 2014 i thought right i'm going to take a break from it all and uh, just focus on just chilling out to be honest and just training and doing bits and bobs but not really focusing on it and putting that much strain on me um it was good I enjoyed myself um we had parties and functions when you get married first time there's as in there's so many functions and stuff that you're invited to and so on and so forth so so yeah I I had a good time I had a good time going to these functions and eating and drinking and but then it was sort of got to the point where I woke up one morning and I thought to myself, I looked at myself in the mirror. I was hungover. I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, the fucking state here. As in like, I wasn't like, you know, put on loads of weight, but I was like, I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was in shape. Um and I just felt a bit disgusted in myself, to be honest. That's just like. And clearly the alcohol does play a part in it, where you're on the come down the next day. And I thought to myself, do you know what? I need to do something. I, I I don't want to be like this. I mean, you know, I'm a two-time world powerlifting champion. You know, it's something that I've done and I've achieved. And, you know, I'm still only what 26, 27, I think I was at the time. So I was like, I'm still young. I need to, I need to just do something. I can't, I can't just do this. <laughs> but I think at that point it was that's when my mental health was actually starting to affect me but I didn't realize that I didn't realize that and me feeling like that was the start of things to come basically and that's where I was sort of jumping from one thing to the other where I was going to be the next Anthony Joshua and the next minute I'm going to be the next Ronnie Coleman um, where I'm just jumping from one thing to another but that's the thing with mental health You're, you're just trying to distract yourself and trying to not addressing that, the yeah. underlying issue. Yeah, yeah, and keep that sort of that monkey off your back, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so it got to that point, and then, and then I, I I was focusing on my comeback. Then I got injured. Then I had the surgery, and then then when I couldn't do anything, it was really sort of it started getting worse. It was anxieties. So anxiety is the worst thing out there. So it was my anxiety. I was just, I just didn't, I didn't feel right. And like, if I go out and go out with friends and family, I'm always the joker of the family, this, that, the other, and have a laugh and joke. And, you know, Bali will organise this, and Bali will do this, and so on and so forth. But I was doing all that, and it felt like maybe I was putting on a bit of a front, Mm -hmm. to be honest. And um, because nobody knew that what i was going through nobody had a clue do
1: you think as like as as the guy you are the the two time world powerlifting champion this this quote unquote macho man do you think that you had to put on that front it's
0: an ego mm. it's ego i've learned now to drop that ego and that's what it is with so many blokes out there it's ego it's so all it is is ego and and because of that ego people are suffering especially blokes are suffering in silence they could be really suffering with their mental health and they can't talk to anyone because there's that factor where i can't talk about this because i'm going to come across as weak yeah and at the beginning we were talking about culturally yeah we're talking about culture so if we're talking about culture here the punjabi culture right the way it is is you know we're proud we're you know we we you know we like it potentially we like a drink like weddings and parties and stuff like that there's no time to turn around and say to someone do you know what i actually feel a bit shit it gets, uh, it, gets on, it gets brushed and
1: it gets brushed and sorry to interrupt it gets brushed into yeah, the carpet where, whenever you talk about these things it's like oh going on knee just crack on sort
0: of thing it gets sort of la la. yeah that exactly do you know what i mean that's that it, and if you think about it as, as amazing as our weddings are if you think about the social aspect of it if the majority of it the social aspect of it is the drinking side of things right Mm -hmm. so it's not a case that somebody can actually sit down and have a chit chat and talk about stuff and how things are going and blah 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 it's just booze related isn't it a lot of it is booze related and a lot of the
1: time it's it's um i'm not going to say the phrase i was thinking of yeah but it's it's more of like a, a, a it's Everyone's trying to one up each other. I was going to say yeah. something uh, penis length related, but I'm like, <laughs> do you <laughs> know what I mean? It's, it's everyone's just there at a table. Like, if it's a table of uncles and everyone's drinking,
0: it's a dick measuring contest. It's who's has got... Yeah, the- of, course of course it is. The- I mean, the- of course it is. And- I mean, of course it is fucking out to all the Exactly. Fucking out. What the fuck you playing at? Do you know what not I mean? Bro, ju- man, just I'm I'm not, two three two three glassy up. What's going on? <laughs> got, but not, you know what I mean?
1: not just in yeah. drinking, but it's also like who's got the nicest car, who's got the the most money in the bank, who's got the b- biggest businesses, and the wedding b- themselves. Often yeah. enough, it's not actually about the couple. It's just like, oh, which which DJ did they get? Have they got a performer? How many guests have they got? How big is the venue? And and all of these things. It's it isn't. Um, it, it's more about. It's
0: the typical thing of lucky. It's all about lucky, isn't it? It's not about the exactly. people themselves. It's about other than that community. And that's the biggest problem out there. That is the biggest problem out there. And um, I always talk about this, but it's just, it just resonates with me so much where I spoke to my my uh, uncle about this, uh, where a chap that I know that I used to go to school with, he committed suicide. And um, so I mentioned it to him and he was like, uh, He goes, right? As in back in the day, it never used to be like that. And I thought, he's going to go off on one now. You know, the whole, you know, men were strong then, this, that, the other, and blah, blah, blah. But he didn't go down that route. And I mention this story all the time because I think it's so, so important. He goes, back in the day, he goes, everyone, jobs and everything is at the the same factory. It was at the same foundry or wherever it was, it was the same job. They were getting the same amount of money each week, right? So nobody was doing fantastically well and nobody was, you know, in a a crap place. Everyone was on a level playing ground. Because of that, there was no ego. There wasn't the whole lucky, okay? Mm. So with that, people could actually open up and say, do you know what? I've got a problem. Um, I've got a financial problem. I've got a problem with my kids, or I've got a problem about this, and they'll talk about that between about ten blokes, probably in the local pub having a pint, for example. Yeah, um, they'll talk about that, and before you know it, once they once they've shared that, there's probably seven eight people there that have turned around and said, "Well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Why don't?" You? Before you know it, that solution there's a solution there. And before that issue gets to an issue where it's affecting the mental, the person's mental health, it's quashed, it's done. That's Because they've spoken about it. Now people can't do that because people are too far and people think too much about, well, if I turn around and say, I've got an issue with something, um, they're going to think I'm weak or they're going to think I'm not good enough, or they're going to go and gossip to somebody else. You know he's done this and he's done that. Um, even when, like, I've spoke out about my story, I guarantee you, there's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not stereotyping all Antigua here. But I guarantee <laughs> you, I guarantee you, somebody's watched that, they've gone back, gone into work, seen their fellow colleague who they have a gossip with, have a chat with, and they turned around and said, "Oh, was well, such and such Bali, Did you see his interview the other day?"
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He goes, he's got mental health issues. Well, I didn't realise he had mental health. Do you know what I mean? it turns into gossip rather than... That's the problem with our community, I think. It turns into a lot of gossip when it's. it should be more of a support mechanism where it should be a case of... Do you know what? Bali's spoken out about that fair play, which, to be honest, 99.9% is that's what I've got.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it should be a case of people should be supporting each other and, and openly talking about these issues and these stigmas that are attached to it and not be so fucking proud basically
1: yeah it doesn't make
0: you weak yeah 100
1: percent. and i think you you summed it up really nicely that it's like it is the i think a lot of um maybe ethnic minority cultures are are, are like this because they are quite tight-knit in their communities like everybody knows each other so there is that there, there still is like a lot of uh, social standing, I guess, uh, uh, is very important. So you, you, it's all about your perception to other people. Like, how are you perceived by others? How is your social standing in your your community when you go to the godwara who's got the nice cars with the fancy plates on and, 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 and them things? Which, to be fair... I say, I say that is like now we've got to the point where it's 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 starting to become a bad thing because it's like people are going into debt to have a nice wedding to to make it look fancy. However, it, it, I think there is sort of that is the bad side of thing. The good side of thing it is also like the competitive nature as we were speaking about before when powerlifting. When there's uh, when you can see somebody uh, similar to yourself who is striving, it sort of gives you the motivation to strive as well. So that competitive aspect in the community can be good, but I think it is now went so far as to becoming bad. I think hopefully I've said that right, because I don't want to, I don't want to slander the community because we, as, as Sikhs in the UK, if you look at um, population percentage to GDP percentage, it's very impressive. I think we're like 1% of the population and around 10% of the wealth, which we're doing something right for that to happen as well. However, uh, when it comes to this side of things, where like um, a, a social standing, becoming more important than your actual physical and
0: mental health that's when it sort of becomes a bad thing hopefully I've, I've yeah. said that right. yeah no no I think I think you hit the nail on the head there I think look at the end of the day if there's people out there there's people out there that are striving people in our community that are doing some amazing stuff right and and fair play and and, and brilliant right and that's good for our community as well yeah um there's there's I'm not saying that people that are you know are wealthy or have done well you know that um they're wrong in any kind of way that's not the point that i'm trying to make 100 i'm I'm not saying i think uh, think, yeah i think it's i think i think we just need to realize that there there are issues in our community and not just our community as in if we look at the wider side of things as in men um Mm. there are issues there but there are challenges of opening up and talking about this uh talking about different various different subjects 100 like uh again i wasn't trying to say that you you were
1: you were going down that uh route i just wanted to highlight that like obviously uh, i i sort of want to play like devil's advocate of just saying it's not all bad there are good aspects but like everything yeah. it's not it's not black or white dude i mean there is like a gray area in there and and i think um Often are not the, the those who are very successful. They're not the ones that are are going to be saying, "Oh, did you see Bali's interview? He said this sort of thing." They'll be get they're going to be the ones who are supporting because it is often the ones that are, are are not really doing. And again, this is not trying to be stereotypical, but it's not really doing too much with their own lives that they're they're focusing too much on others. Maybe putting other people down to make themselves feel better because they're not doing what they want in their own lives. If that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's. It, it, not just in our culture is that obviously as you mentioned it's a it's a men thing in general there's a there's a brilliant page on instagram um called seek gent i don't know if you follow him and yeah yeah i know him i know the chap. yeah dedicated to like men's mental health and and he has like a lot of statistics on there as well and um when i came across our page I i was shocked to be honest like the amount of uh referrals through the nhs is very slim like i think it's three times the amount of women but it's like um uh like a considerably higher amount of men commit suicide and uh it's just that thing where we, we just don't talk about these things openly there is that stigma still there so hopefully like yourself a big strong man world powerlifter champion all of that banter dude you know i mean like you, you you are what people would think uh, there's going to be nothing wrong with him he's a big young strapping lad and then when you're talking about it it is that thing
0: where it's like anyone can have this it does break that stigma yeah, hence the reason why I decided to come out and talk about it because, to be honest, it wasn't easy. Okay. Uh, it wasn't easy making the move and sort of writing out a post and saying I've suffered with my mental health um, because, you know, it's it's not an easy subject to talk about. But now there's so many... The good thing is and the beauty of it is there's so many... I realise now, now that I've started doing all this there are so many places and people and charities, especially within our community, um, that are raising awareness on this, mm-hmm. which is, do you know what? It's so refreshing to see, you know, you've got, uh, you've got like, to mention a few, you've got seek your mind, you've got tarakki, uh, seek forgiveness. Um, th- there are so many. And if I haven't mentioned them all, I, I, you know who you are. Um, but there are so many out there which talk about not just mental health, but they talk about taboo subjects. So um, they talk about suicide, which is something that nobody, you know, it's a, it's a very very sensitive subject where people don't really talk about it. They talk about men's mental health. Um, they talk about so many different taboos and. F- I think is amazing and I think fair play. And I think the more and more people that do it, the better it is. Um, but yeah, with me, it was a case of, uh, I spoke to my wife and my wife actually, she, she supported me a lot um, when I was suffering with my mental health. So going back to the point where I realized I had, a, I still didn't realize I had an issue where things were going quite bad, were when I would, breakdown um as in emotionally at home sometimes but i what wouldn't know would, what it was
1: what what would like what was the like how would if if you were to say like what were the symptoms of a breakdown if that makes sense like what was it actually were you just just
0: yeah i think it was like the the whole anxiety side of things it would just be sort of building up building up building up and i could feel this build up and then i'd just explode and I'd break down, I'd cry, and then I'd feel all right again. As if, as if I've sort of released that sort of pressure. And I then sort of realised that, what is it? What the fuck am I actually crying about? Or what the fuck is it that I'm actually upset about? There isn't anything. And then I'd dwell on that. i think to myself, well, if there isn't anything, clearly I've sat down and realised there isn't anything Why am I feeling like this? I'd then dwell on that. I'd just dwell, dwell, dwell on that, and then before you know it, a few months down the line, I'd have the same thing again, but I'd be blaming other things. What was the change in this reoccurring theme? I know, like, for
1: from uh, the the video you did um, on your YouTube channel, there's a story of of the doctor's office.
0: So, do do you want to what what happened on that day? Yeah. So um, I was probably about three. This has probably happened about three, four times to me now and i think it got to the point where my wife turned around and said look something's not right here i mean she did she's not no exactly expert in mental health but she was like something's not right here you know you you can't be doing this 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 isn't normal um when i mean that it isn't normal it is normal people go through it but we didn't know what was going on and how to sort of tackle it. because again, once once I'd sort of broken down, I'd I'd go through a time where I was fine again. And then it would build up, build up, build up and happen again. So it got to the time where she turned around, and she goes, listen, she goes, enough's enough, right? She goes, it's fine. You've got my support, but you need to go to the doctors, right? You need to go and seek help and find out what the hell is going on. Because you don't I don't want you being like this. Um So yeah, so then I went to the doctors and again, even then at that point, I was making excuses. I I got there and I went there on my own and uh, the doctor goes, you know, how can I help? And I started talking about my shoulder. My shoulder was fine. My shoulder was fine, right? Um, But I started talking about it. Oh, sometimes it hurts this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. And um, he was like, okay, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. And um, maybe he's off the bench press and blah, blah, blah. So fine. And then as I was walking out, thankfully, I was thank God he turned around and he goes to me, he goes, are you sure you're okay, Mr. Chima? And then that's when I turned around and I said, no, I'm not actually. And then I got a bit teary eyed. and I said to him, look, I don't know what the fuck's going on with me, Doc, to be honest. I'm totally honest with him. Um, and said, look, th- these are the kind of episodes I'm having. Um, can you help me? Because uh, it feels like it's not normal. And this is where he then started explaining to me actually what you're going through is actually very normal um a lot of people s- suffer with it and it's not uncommon but um he then told me the different routes i can go down the you know i can go down um consultation therapy or or i can go down the the you know taking medication and stuff like that um being a drug-free power lifter i didn't want to go down the medication route i mean if people want to go down that route I know people that have gone down that route fair play that's fine um, but me personally I thought you know what I'm going to try doing the the therapy and the consultation side of things um, and that was it and then um, I made the phone call to uh, to to get help and um, I spoke to someone on the phone I, d- I didn't think it was going to help me to be honest I didn't think it was going to help me at all but made the phone call, um, had a conversation. I wasn't at the stage where some people are, where it was, I want to end my life and it, I was suicidal. I was That wasn't the case with me. Um, with me, it was just a case of something wasn't right and I wasn't feeling too happy basically and too confident in myself. And uh, I didn't know what it was, I couldn't put a finger on it. But then when I spoke to the therapist over the phone then I got booked in and I actually had uh, face-to-face sessions this is pre-covid and uh had some face-to-face sessions and um by the end of it I felt great I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and that was just by talking I didn't do anything else that's all it was and to be honest she didn't she didn't go into so much detail about you know talk to me about your mental health this that the other it was just someone that I can talk to. It's an open space for me to talk to, talk about stuff that's happened in my life, and I know that that's not going to go any further. So and confidentiality, and plus, like, it, the, yeah. the, the, if like, I think. Um,
1: what also needs to be realized is with these with these people they, they get training on this. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they just pick up Joe blogs on the street and say, "Right, your job today is just to talk to people." It's like they actually like they're not gonna say, "What what's your mental health problems?" Because that is quite a daunting question to ask. Mm. They know like the little nuances. But um, I heard on on your obviously in your story the 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 YouTube video that you did is like. You opened up so much without even realizing because they have like little prompt questions, which it doesn't seem daunting. It's it's quite open and it's it just lets you flow and flow. And they know like the little trigger points to, to open up that conversation. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And that was it to be honest. And I was cured. Well, (laughs) I wasn't cured, um, but I was in a better place. I was in a better place and then everything was fine. Um, and then while everything was fine, this is something I didn't actually mention in my, in my interview, everything was fine and everything was going well. Uh, I was training again. I came back, I, I competed again that went really well. Um, and then my uncle passed away and, uh, he was he was only fifty, and so so he passed away, and I was very close to him. And again, I was back at that stage again where I was feeling down. and potentially because of obviously bereavement, I was you know I was breathing. you know I was grieving in, 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 in a form of way but people grieve in different ways so it sort of hit me probably about a week or two afterwards um, and i was back in that same same ditch let's just say i was back down in that hole again but this time i knew what the issue was and this time i went back to the doctors got referred again went through same process again because this time i knew what i needed to do i knew that this would help me move forward the
1: tools at your disposal this time was last time yeah Uh,
0: yeah so i actually knew what i needed to do so the reason i wanted to make this point was was i don't want people to think that once you've got with mental health it's something that you work on on a regular basis okay so it's not a case that you take your medication and that's it you're cured for life and you're going to live happily ever after okay you can or you're going you're going to have therapy and you're going to go once and you're going to you know everything's going to be hunky-dory and you're going to feel top of the world doesn't work like that doesn't work like that um there are going to be points where you know there are certain things that are going to be challenging that are going to affect your mental health um, but there's no harm in speaking out about it and knowing where to go because this time around i knew what exactly what i needed to do i didn't have to try and seek the answer from somewhere else 100 and uh, as we're talking about
1: this because it is quite a, like a, a deep sort of conversation and if anyone is struggling what i'll do is um link some places that you can go to talk to people in 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 the description of this i'll, I'll put it as uh maybe the top link and then bali social so it'll be underneath that uh, because um it is really important and obviously i think that the main thing here is like do don't suffer in in, in silence do you know what I mean like reach out speak to somebody if if you have friends that you feel comfortable talking to talk to them if you have family but if you don't as as we've mentioned throughout this like in our in our culture sort of it's not as, as accepting as perhaps others then reach out to like uh, organizations as um there's like I think there's a website on the NHS that has uh, basically links to numerous websites. So I'll try to find that. That there's so link. much out there, yeah. yeah there's
0: there. so much out there now.
1: And I think uh, something that you said before is like wh- when you sort of become aware of it, and and sort of seek out um, that sort of information, you realize how much there is. Like, do you know what I mean like when when you're not uh, aware of it, like it doesn't exist, but when you become aware of it and you realize like there are so many resources online like if you just have like a couple of seconds to look you'll realize that there's so many different organizations and there's so many as you said there's seek oriented ones so there's ones that will adapt to your culture um because because sometimes even that makes it easier if if sometimes like let's be quite frank like i'm not going to relate to the problems that a black guy has and a black guy is not going to relate to the problems that a chinese guy has or mm. to a white guy so if there's even organizations that fit your culture a bit more then it makes it a lot easier to talk
0: uh to talk but why about. do you think that is though why do you think there's so much out there because there's so many people that are suffering if we have a look at all the stuff that's coming out now especially now during the pandemic there's so many stuff coming out there's documentaries coming out left right and center about mental health mm. but people need to understand and this is the, the key point that I'm trying to get through to people. Um, and again, it comes down to the whole breaking of the stigma is mental health does not mean that, well, it does mean depending on how severe it is, but you can be suffering with mental health. If you're just going through a bad patch in your life, that is mental health. It doesn't mean like I've come across people when I've spoken to them about it and, and sort of said, you know, I've had to word it differently. And even on my podcast is worded differently because it's it's a case of if you've suffered some kind of adversity in your life where somewhere or another, I bet you every single person has suffered some kind of adversity in their life, they would have felt shit or they would have felt down or it would have affected them in some kind of way. But then when they've overcome that, that's basically them overcoming the, the, the mental health side of things. So it doesn't mean that you need to be at a point where you're going to you want to end it all that that's what mental health is because the people that I've been talking to when you mention the word mental health that's it that's what they think they think that you're at the stage where you know um, you want to end it all but that's not the case and it wasn't the case with me either so I think it's just very important to educate people to understand there's different types of mental health and when we talk about mental health it does not mean the worst case scenario basically which in some cases it does unfortunately mm-hmm. but it doesn't always mean that you can still seek help even if you're at a stage where you're suffering with anxiety or you're suffering with something or another
1: yeah exactly like it's it's relative it's everything is relative um i think like mental health is sort of similar in that parallel is that like your problems are your problems only you know the extent of that problem it could be and and this is where I think where people sort of um like you said like it, 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 people's perceptions are to to the extremes because your problem uh to to somebody else might be minuscule but they might have a problem to you which will be minuscule but your problems to you might be the biggest thing and th- they're like Mount Everest do you know what I mean and to somebody else it could be a little Hill do you know I mean but that's I think that's like a, like a, a good way to sort of maybe it's a shit way to explain it to be honest because I'm not very good I, at this shit
0: yeah listen listen I'm totally new to all of this anyway so even for me it's a case of I don't think sometimes I feel to myself do you know what I, maybe I can get my point across in this way maybe I can get my point across in that way but all I'm doing is just trying I'm just trying to just so people so understand that do you know what it's okay and like you touched on it before it's a case of where on the outside, there's, if I didn't mention anything about mental health, um, going back at the end of last year, um, actually, no, it was the end of the year, before end of last year, no, the year before, sorry, back in 2019, towards the end of 2019. 2020 didn't count. <laughs> yeah, 2020 didn't count, actually. Um, if I didn't mention it, nobody would have known. Mm-hmm. Because they, they would have thought, again, like you said, the least likely person is myself because in everybody else's eyes he's a big strong power lifter um, you know he's always out and about he's happy he's married he's got kids he's, he's happy he ain't ever going to be suffering from any kind of he must be in a really really good place but a period in my a period in my life I went through a shit time and that's why I decided to come out and talk about it because I thought there's so many people out there that are suffering, but they think that it's not okay to talk about it.
1: And I think that's why, again, I I said it before and I'll say it again, I think that's why it's so important for yourself to come out. Because one, obviously we've already mentioned like our culture and and you being like a a man from our culture talking about it is, is is very liberating to other men from our culture that are going through similar problems. And, and again, because for, for men, Outside of that culture, you being the world champion powerlifter, like a big strap-in man talking about how his feelings is 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 just not the the norm. And it should be, but it isn't. So hopefully with yourself doing it. And I know obviously we mentioned Tyson Fury before, the world heavyweight champion boxer, who is literally the most manly person that you can ever get. like if you look through history, that is the highest regard of a human being ever. Yeah, Do you of know course. what I mean? And and he's talking about these problems as well. And I think when you have um people like yourself like Tyson Fury and and, and that people regard as macho men uh, in, in inverted commas I guess talking about these problems then it becomes like a lot more liberating for I guess your average Joes to, to speak about them as well do you think another problem in our culture is that people similar to like the episodes that you have in the breakdowns mistake that for something perhaps supernatural Um, it's us you on the spot here.
0: Yeah, you... no, 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 no. You, you, you're right. You, you, you have got a point there. um Go on, go into a bit more detail. What do you mean by supernatural? Go on, just say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it because <laughs> go on, say it. <laughs> fucking say it. Go on. Well, you, you hear it, don't you?
1: You go to India and, and things, and you you see people having. Yeah, yeah, where, where, it's like from obviously a Western country when I go to India, and maybe it's, I'm a bit more skeptical of these things. Uh, and and I see things a bit more through a sciency lens. I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced that is the case. And there is a full uh, economical system built around it. So it's hard to hard to make that argument because a lot of money is involved. But um, do, do you think that in, in our culture, especially, them sort of mental health issues get disregarded and instead you go down the path of like right, actually what you need to do is see this guy who who's sitting cross-legged somewhere he's going to whack a few things on you and you've got to pay him a bit of dosh and then it's all going to go away
0: yeah i think i think that is that is something that needs to be What needs to be spoken about and and again it's not spoken about and it does need to be spoken about and i think if you look at like people that suffer with their mental health they could go down the addiction route so it could be drugs it could be alcohol but i think it's quite you get that in, in in our culture where they turn around and say well if he's become an alcoholic or if he's become a drug user somebody's done something to him and if you go and see this Baba I've I've, I've heard about it before um, go and see this Baba he's you know he's going to do whatever he's going to do and then you know he's not going to be an alcoholic anymore or he's not going to suffer with his mental health anymore so there is things like that out there um, and yeah it it is out there <laughs> in our culture isn't it and it is yeah it's, it's a hard one to say be because about. it
1: is again it's such a it's I think not many people will understand it. It's, so it's hard to sort of explain and talk about because one, there is that slight fear in the back of your mind as well. I'll be honest when I'm saying it, there's that slight fear that maybe they do actually have mystical powers and me speaking against them might get me fucked up in some way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I have a car crash next week or some shit, then you, you, you know
0: why. Yeah, <laughs> But there is that sort of fear in that sense as well. But uh, uh, I think it's. We're and- not, well, well, we're not, well, the thing is that let's, let's- let's clarify we're not saying that they have or they haven't got these powers or whatever it is but what we're saying is it's something that is in our culture that people automatically think that if somebody's got some kind of an issue that potentially they could go here and and see this guy instead of seeking actual proper medical advice yes
1: yeah yeah because i don't know how to approach that one specifically because again it is it's a very specific sort of thing and it is very again taboo and it's it's a bit of an awkward one isn't it But um, yeah, it, it's, just a bit because i see it as well like sometimes when when you go india and things and you're like oh there's a full economy built around this specifically and 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 it's, it's very obvious from an outsider that like, look, you're clearly getting taken advantage of and you shouldn't be giving all of your money to this person where you need to actually give all that money to an actual medical institution. And it could, it could, go a lot better but then again if i have a car crash next week you, you <laughs> give that money to them my <laughs> no, no comment no comment no comment no <laughs>
0: comment.
1: exactly like as i say there's that slight fear that if it is true then you, you don't want to speak against it but yeah i'm course. not saying that it isn't it isn't and it, and and one thing i should add is if it works for you it works for you do you know what i mean like it might be a placebo and it might actually be real i don't know but if it does work for you it works However, they do seem to get a lot of returning customers, so I don't think it does actually work. I'll
0: say, I'll say that. But you said it, not me. I didn't say it, you know. Don't don't involve me in this controversy. Right. Um, so, moving swiftly
1: on from that from that little <laughs> awkward topic of conversation, with um, obviously your mental health journey, you've spoken out obviously on social media and now you have your own podcast as well, where. Um, mental health is like the main topic and 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 you speak to to various people and uh, what are your hopes aims and what is the
0: podcast about so um so my podcast is lift your life Chima. lift your life um so it was a bit of a off the cuff kind of thing to be honest how how it came about because once i'd done that interview i got a few messages come through saying it was really good um but if it was in audio format, this is how it started, by the way, how crazy it is, right? If it was in some kind of an audio format, we'd prefer it because nowadays people listen to podcasts, right? I was like, okay. (laughs) So so then it just came about, the idea came about, and I thought, right, because I wanted to do something where I wanted to talk to people um, and... Discuss some kind of adversity that they've suffered in their life so I left it quite open so it's not you know it has to be somebody that suffered with their mental health because they might not know that they might have suffered with their mental health if you know what I mean mm-hmm. but the whole purpose of it is is if I've got these people on there so I've, I've I've had some really really interesting people on there um again very similar to the whole point of similar to myself where people wouldn't expect me suffering with um my mental health um so i've got some people on there that you would think to yourself there's no way that this guy suffered with his mental health right um but they talk about it, they talk about a time where, which was a dark time in their life and how they overcame that and what they've done and where they're at now. So the whole purpose of it is, is so people can understand that there are people out there, the people that you least expect um, that are suffering with their mental health or have overcome some kind of adversity in their life. And, you know, they're willing to talk about it. So if they're willing to talk about it, anyone's willing to talk about it and everyone should be open enough to talk about it. So, yeah, it's basically just guinea pigging off the back of my story where people have sort of been fairly shocked that I've come out and spoke about it. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that people listening to these uh, podcasts that I'm doing are actually feeling quite inspired and quite motivated. They could, you know what? Actually, yeah, I'm suffering. Uh, That guy suffered. There's no way I thought he would suffer. Um, He's had adversity in his life. He's overcome it. Um, and if it can even help just one person that listens to my podcast and just picks up the phone and reaches out to someone, that's the goal. That's the aim.
1: Mm-hmm. No, definitely. 100% credit to you for doing that. Like, uh, again, it's it's that thing where when, when more people talk about it, the stigma sort of, um, it, it just... Goes away. It'll take time, and it'll happen slowly, but it will. Because uh, again, I've seen some of the guests that you've had on so far, and like yourself, they're not people that you would expect. And I think that's that's the most important thing: is that this is a thing that um is is it's very tricky. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's talking about how this COVID thing's a very complex sort of virus and all that. Mental health's probably more complex. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a very tricky old thing, and it's a and it's a credit to yourself for doing this like um and hopefully like going forward we can speak to more people and 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 sort of lose the stigma i've i've had a a few chats on the podcast so far about like where uh and i i i'm not gonna lie i have oversimplified it in the past of of using this like sort of downward spiral that 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 you can get into and sort of flipping it around to like boost you upwards um and and that parallel was used in lifting quite a lot because a lot of the people who get into lifting like myself got either fat shamed or skinny shamed uh uh to the to the extent where they, they get in constant not co- maybe constant in in some cases or just abuse in general to themselves and using them negatives and and turning them as like rocket fuel to propel them forward into their gym journey and hopefully as we were saying before when people can overcome their mental health um problems uh, that are relative to themselves uh, they can go and talk to other people or it can propel them forward in in their own life and and it's a knock-on effect it's a domino effect you know what I mean it takes one yeah. and then others will, will fall again i'll link uh your link tree which has got everywhere that you can uh, listen to bali's podcast in in the description of this podcast uh whether you're watching on youtube apple all the all the places um but no i've i've really really enjoyed this uh conversation it's been it's been good man um but what, what i like to do just before we finish is end with the same five questions that i ask every single guest here um, we go by the way he's not actually told me what these questions are so i don't tell anybody because i like <laughs> watching people squirm <laughs> it's a it's a guilty pleasure of mine <laughs> um, go on then we'll get cracking so first one is what are you most proud of
0: there's so many things. Um, I would probably say if I fuck it out, it's a combination of things. Can I can I can I use a combination of things? So it's a combination of things. So for me, is becoming world powerlifting champion. That was like the ultimate for me um and doing what i'm doing now as in speaking out on on mental health I, i i get messages now and it's just so such an amazing feeling that i'm reaching out to people that i wouldn't ever have thought that i'm reaching out to who are basically saying the stuff you're doing is amazing and it just gives me that i'm i'm just so proud of that for, for for what i'm doing um with regards to becoming a mental health advocate whatever that's meant to be an advocate maybe the I said it in the intro this
1: as well i said uh, it at in the uh, intro right. this as well. but i don't know how to otherwise explain the two like uh, do you know what I mean it's i think it is the the label now uh, of <sighs> what what you do um but number two is what
0: are you most looking forward to uh, to be honest, I'm looking forward to going back to the gym, but not too. I'm not too concerned about the gym because I'm quite lucky and quite blessed. I've actually got a fairly decent weight setup at home, uh, but I am looking forward to going to the gym. I'm just looking forward to fucking meeting people, <laughs> friends, family, going out, going to restaurants, going to bars, pubs, just and then just meeting people. And I, I feel like I'm going to, this year, as long as everything is the roadmap is clear? How they how they're saying it. I think I'm gonna go out and just meet people that I haven't met in years. Just just go out and just reach out. And I think everyone I think everyone else is gonna be in that same same boat. And I, I just can't wait for that to be honest.
1: 100. I feel like that that you got to take the positives out of a negative, and and that's yeah. probably one of the positives of this uh, this pandemic. Um, having a what, beer
0: on it. Having a beer on April 12th.
1: Definitely. <laughs> cannot wait cannot after a gym wait. session. <laughs> Uh, I don't what,
0: know is, about that. <laughs> what is your biggest motivation? Um sh- What's my biggest motivation. Yeah, my big my biggest motivation for me uh are, are definitely is definitely my family uh and my two daughters. They they, they mean the world to me. Um so yeah, I, I I just love spending time with them and just love seeing them grow up. Um yeah, they they really uh they really bring out the soft side of me. <laughs> um, what, is, what is your definition of success? Um, my definition of success is uh, being happy, being happy. But so I've been reading up a, a lot of stuff about, this is a bit of a long-winded answer now, but I've been reading up a lot of stuff on like monks and things like that. And why are they always so content and happy with their life? Because they they, they believe in like a fine line with everything. So happiness is the same. Um, everything they keep out of balance. And I think if you're at that place where you're at a balance, where you're not overly happy, you're not overly sad, and you're, you're, everything is within that balance, I think that is the perfect, perfect, ideal um, way to live. So, going from ba- Bali Big Bollocks to Monk Bali now, yeah? I'm not
1: planning on being a monk. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that is interesting to be fair. Like, I've seen that Jay Shetty, I think, was a monk as well. Yeah. Uh, it's on my reading list, so I'll get to it yeah. eventually, maybe in a few years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm,
0: I'm the same, to be Yeah,
1: honest. exactly. I've got a reading list that I just uh, yeah. honestly, it's too long. Uh, but last but not least, because it's the Culture Cast podcast, how has your culture affected you in your journey thus far?
0: Um, so my culture if I talk about um, I don't think I've spoken about it enough um, so with regards to sikki in my life has really put me on the right path and even when I was struggling with my mental health um, I did start looking into a lot more into my Sikhi. Um, that sort of kept me level-headed and, and that's really supported me and aided me uh, as a young child I've always done um my moon so in the morning um i do that that's sort of something i do on a regular basis i've actually taught my daughter it she's three years old and she knows it fair play to her oh, that's to good. Her. um but no that's really 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 helped me in everything i do and like i mentioned before with regards to my lifting and everything i always i always have waheguru in my head when i go to lift um i listen to I don't actually listen to hardcore hip hop when I'm about to compete actually so I I get questions asked on what I actually listen to and I actually listen to a lot of um, like sicky sounds, sicky music, Um, so I listen to a lot of that before I lift uh, at a competition so that's played a massive, massive part in my life and it will always play a massive part in my life.
1: Watched it. It is a. Uh, it is interesting because uh, again, going back to Indra oh. in that podcast. Yeah, I asked him what his like pre-fight ritual is. Like, what is the day? Because obviously, you need to conserve your energy for your fight. You don't want to get too excited, and you don't want to get like uh, and burn this nervous mm-hmm. energy. And, and he said mm-hmm. something very similar. He's like, I just stay in the hotel room that I'm at, do my part, and then when it's time to go out, I go out. And it's um, it is it's a good thing. Like. said it before on podcasts as well we this modern day meditation and all these things that are coming out now is these is these really really good things to to help and they are have been in our our like scriptures for
0: that's what it is that's that's literally what it is and when you get you get you get a lot of people saying look i've started meditating this that the other a lot of up on it that's sort of saying you know i've started meditating this that the fair play to you crack on Mm -hmm. but you just think to yourself that's been in our religion for how many years exactly maybe have a look into that um because i've done it um a few times where i've actually done the part while listening to someone doing it if you know what i mean so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. basics of Sikki. Mm-hmm. um so i I'd, I'd, I've, I've used that a few times and i've just i've, I've walked away like just refreshed and ready to go um, you, you get into some weird yeah.
1: states that you don't even realize like it's sometimes even i get teary-eyed sometimes when i'm sitting yeah, there but yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah i don't know what happens it's just like it is a it is um connecting with your inner self and things but uh they were the five five questions so uh you smashed it but um no uh, as i say all the links will be in the description of of where you can catch bali's podcast and his uh socials which is just instagram right
0: yeah well it's instagram i'm on facebook as well i've been on facebook for a while but instagram is just bali underscore sing underscore chima uh please follow for exclusive content mm-hmm. um so i do all sorts on there um i've got my training videos on there uh, i actually done a full day of eating that was fun um
1: yeah.
0: the other day um so you can you can how see how you of with your
1: eggs food. That's Egg? what I've got to quit. How do you not season your eggs? Like there was nothing on your scrambled. Do you, eggs. Yeah.
0: Did you know what? Do you know what? I think everyone asks me this question. They're like, you know what? I don't know how you can eat like eggs just like that. And I was like, what? I just think of it as fuel. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like even before I jumped on this podcast, quick three scrambled eggs, bang done. Um, But like I think at one point, at one point, I was I was doing like five, six eggs. Um,
1: you would not be having fun on the toilet. Right.
0: <laughs> mate it was it was it wasn't good it wasn't good um but yeah so yeah i i, I don't season my eggs unfortunately <laughs> uh, maybe on the weekend if i'm lucky if the wife's making them but yeah. otherwise no <laughs> no but smashed that
1: um and yeah so ch- check out them links as i say i'll leave the, the link to the nhs's website which has a variety of links to mental health websites as well for them uh, for you to check out them and um, i shall catch everybody in the next episode peace